Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Buck Stops Here podcast. I'm your host, David Maples, and you're listening to part two of our interview with Abigail Foster. This episode is entitled The Quest, or the instructions given to you by the guide you met on the mountain. That's right. Today, we're talking about assessments, how you can use them for yourself personally and in your business. There's a whole slew of these behavioral assessments. There's the there's something from the five dysfunction of a team now. There's 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 the Berkman assessments. There's Myers Briggs, which is probably the one that everybody's heard of. You've got DISC that's um, goes back to like the 1930s and 40s. So I want to talk about uh, how you use assessments, who should utilize them, and what kind of insights can you get about them. You you mentioned before that you when you first did a Berkman at one of your, your earlier jobs, it was like, it was that proverbial uh, light bulb going off. You know, it was like, Oh my gosh, this is who I am. And this is what I've been doing. So I want to talk about that for a minute. And I want to talk about not just the assessments, like the different kinds a little bit. We don't have to go into each one in particular. I know you're certified in quite a few of these. Um, talk about kind of like what they are and what they were, what they are not. Cause I think one of the pitfalls I've seen um, and we, we have, um, we've got an, an employment company coming on the podcast in a few weeks here. And they, they talked about like, oh, in certain states, like, and I know in particular the Myers-Briggs has gotten real flack in certain states in the United States, you can't use it in hiring at all. Like it's, it's literally verboten. You're not allowed to use it, uh, for different reasons. So I want to talk about like what assessments do, what are they not? And, and should people use them? You know, I mean, how does this work? Or are they just random horoscopes? Uh, by the way, if you have a horoscope, I am a Scorpio, just letting you know, um, don't hold that against me. All right. So to this, tell me, tell me about assessments and how do you utilize them and what's the power in them? So what I would tell you is different assessments. I personally believe this is my, uh, opinion are good and impactful, uh, in different situations and none of them are worth the paper they're written on unless you go into the so what. So I can say I'm a, I'm an extrovert. You're an extrovert. You're, you're an introvert. You're, you know, uh, something in between, right? So what? So what does that mean? How do you apply it? There's some that are surface level and those are great for actually almost as a, um, icebreaker. You know, uh, take something like a Myers-Briggs, you know, really quick, really easy, you know, and, and it, it kind of everybody's doing the same thing and, and, and can chit chat around about, you know, what they are, you know, that kind of thing. So that kind of brings people together and it gives you a common language. That's one of the ways that organizations use assessments is to have that common language across the organization. Uh, once again, the common language is great. You know, uh, the reality is, David, I couldn't be around you more than two seconds without recognizing you're an extrovert, right? I mean, and, and everybody knows that about you. Um, so the so what means, okay, so then how does that apply to our situation? And that's kind of the next level. Uh, so when you can take an assessment and then you can utilize it to go to the next level, that's where I think you get the real benefit and the real impact of it. 
uh, personal awareness is one of those things. So many people have gone through life letting everybody else tell them who they are, right? Now, they know they're pretty good at some things, but they don't realize that that is a superpower for them. And they don't realize that no matter what challenge they face in life, it's that superpower that's going to help get them through it. Uh, they also don't realize what they're not good at, right? Or what they don't have a, a an automatic kind of uh, ability at. And if they don't know, they might try doing it rather than utilizing a teammate or something who, or someone else who really, that's their superpower. So it's really in how you how you come together as a team and how you use one another's strengths uh, to mitigate uh, weaknesses and to to kind of get a better uh, a better answer. So that that's like a, a perfect way to use um, assessments. I would tell you the number one thing you should be using assessments for is personal awareness. Uh, personal awareness is the absolute foundation of all uh, leadership development. When you know yourself, you recognize yourself. Uh, we all have triggers, right? When we're triggered, to be able to recognize I was just triggered uh, allows you to back up from the situation. And think about it. When you're a leader, your words have weight. They matter. What you say matters and what you do matters. And and when you're, something triggers you and all, all of a sudden you're angry, you're frustrated, whatever, you have two choices. You can react to that trigger, which is the, what we call amygdala hijack. And you just immediately go into survival mode, fight, flight, freeze. Or you can recognize that you've been triggered, back up from it. What do I know about myself? Why did that bother me, right? And once you get your arms around that, then you can deliberately and intentionally respond. What we want to do is respond versus react. And to the extent that uh, personality assessments can give us what we need to be able to recognize ourselves in the moment, that to me is the best application. Uh, and that is what's so powerful as well. Uh, now, a lot of times you'll have people, I've had people take the Bertman and then, and that's coaching session number one, right? And we do the two hour feedback, you know, we really dive into the DNA of them. Right. So not just, you know, what do people see on the surface, but what's driving all of that? You know, what are your needs? And by the way, nobody's responsible for getting our needs met except us. So when we know what those needs are, then then we can do that. And the next session, they'll come back and say, OK, so I was looking at my Bertman and what I figured out is my husband is a ex and my mother is this and my boss is this. And, and so they're actually not personalizing it for themselves, right? And so that's kind of a cue for me to say, okay, so let's talk about you and and what you've learned about you. You know, where did you see these different attributes in in the in the uh, since we last met and since you first found out about this? Uh, so I would say that uh, people kind of uh, having just enough knowledge to be dangerous, right? Uh, and applying it to everybody else is uh, probably not the best use of personality assessments. It's all about being grounded uh, and really um, aware about who you are and then using that uh, to intentionally, deliberately uh, respond to, you know, whatever situation that you're in uh, in order to get uh, the best possible outcome. By the way, do you see auto magic 
Do you say that? Or I is say it automatic? automatic. Yes. That's a word you say? It is a word I say. I, mean, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I say you automatically. Say, yes. Automatically. No, I actually really dug that. I was like, I wrote that down. Uh, I've also had an employee before who used the disc assessment. We did some training on it. And then she went out and went to bars and would like identify guys like you're a, you're a DI, you know, or you're a, you're an IC. And literally she used it like, and people were like amazed. Cause it's like, she was reading their palms or something. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, you're not doing the work on yourself. So uh, I, I personally um, had a Berkman assessment done and I had a, a coaching session, as you said, with a, an executive coach that went on for, you know, it's a couple hours to review that. And I, uh, I want to say that I was kind of floored. Uh, as you said, I'm an extrovert, but uh, there were some details in there that I know personally, but I don't think it had ever given voice to them before. So I'm an extrovert, but I need a lot of alone time to process things. And nobody knows that about me. I think they all think, oh, David always needs to be surrounded with people. And the fact is for me to do the deep thinking and processing I need, I need a lot of alone time, which is kind of in, uh, it's in direct con. It's, it's, it's the opposite of what you would expect. And I think, uh, one of the big insights for me for meeting with an executive coach was that. And so in your particular situation, this kind of self-awareness, it's kind of like, um, if you're doing an assessment and maybe reading this stuff might be enough for some people, but it sounds like you really need to talk to an executive coach like you or someone like you who has experience in this to help kind of break this down for them. Is that, is that kind of what I'm hearing in your last answer? Yeah. And it's, and it's not just that, just like what, uh, taking you as an example and what you just talked about. So as a person who shows up being very, very social, uh, you found out that what you need, though, is alone time. Uh, what that means is, think about yourself. If you were in a larger organization, because of the way you show up, people are going to automatically gravitate to you when it comes to events and things like that. And they're going to, you're going to get invited, first of all, because you are so social. And at the same time, then you're, they're going to choose you to actually be involved in it and, and, uh, to the point where, you, knowing that you need time alone, now that you know that, you need to be able to use a great deal of discernment in determining, you know, what you will say yes to and what you can and what you can't do because you can very quickly, you can go kind of, uh, you, you can not get any of that downtime or that alone time. Um, another thing that I see is everything is on a continuum. I don't care what assessment you take. We are all some of all of it and recognizing that what those assessments are um, are gauging is your dominant behaviors. Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't have the other behaviors. It doesn't mean that you, you, you don't have introvert behaviors and things like that. What it means is your dominant behavior is extrovert and all of those behaviors too are typically on a continuum. So if you think about your needs on the continuum, if your needs were somewhat average, well, then you could probably, you know, what it, it would kind of be uh, situational, whatever's going on, you know, in your life as a whole. If your need is real extreme in one way or the other, uh, extreme not being a bad word, right? But if it's really intense is the word I would say, intensity. If it's really intense one way or another, 
what that means is you are at a higher risk for not having that need met because of the intensity behind it. Uh, so that that's another thing that, again, it's it's being able to apply it and recognizing, you know, what the situation is. Sometimes when we bring teams together, we do the individual Berkmans, then we do the group Berkman. We, we let them see as a group, this is what you look like. Now, we've had one team, and I don't mind saying this is at the University of Arkansas, and this is a leadership team. What we found is that nobody in their leadership team was a communicator. And one of the big missings for them as an organization was communication with all the other departments and everything on the campus so that they understood who they were, what they needed, what their expectations were, and exactly how they could best serve them. So in looking at, when you look at it as a group, now you're able to see, wow, we've got a missing here. Uh, what are we going to do about it, right? And how will we handle that? It doesn't mean that, that people on the team can't communicate. It means that they need to be deliberate about it because it's nobody's kind of go-to uh, on that team. So just recognizing where you have some missings and being very deliberate about how you uh, structure your activities as a team and as a group to make sure that you're that you're hitting all of the um, all the needs. There's something you said today that was really powerful. Like if you were to do a clip on this, it's like when you're in leadership, you said this. Your words have weight. Words matter. And we don't think about that. So sometimes I saw Devin or teacher say, "Hey, can you hop in my room just so we can chat for a minute?" And it's like I always want to say, "Hey, this is good stuff." please come in my room because virtually, you know, it's different. I say, come in my room and have a chat. And they're like, they think they're getting fired. And you're like, no, we love you. We think you're awesome. There's no, no. Anyway. You know, the reality is that's always been true for leaders. Uh, our words have always had weight. In the past, we wanted the weight and we use the weight in order to get things done. Today, that weight will absolutely implode your organization if you're not aware of it. And that's because times have changed, right? And, and the culture has changed. If you, one of the best gifts you can ever give uh, the people who report to you as a leader is what to expect from you. Sit down and tell them who you are. Now, if you don't know who you are, then that's gonna be a debacle. But sit down and tell them who you are. Look, this is who I am. Uh, this is how I operate. Um, this is what you can expect from me. If you want to communicate with me, boy, I always, I always answer text right away. Text is my number one, you know, and then email number two. You know, I am very direct. And sometimes I'm so direct that somebody might be afraid to tell me that something's wrong Here's something else I'm going to give you, and it is the gift of knowing I will always have your back. I, tell me what's going on, and together, if, if it's in the ditch, we'll get it out. But I will not, uh, you know, I will not blame you or anybody else. I'm going to work with you, you know. So just having that, and actually in today's world with, with our younger generations, that's an absolute must. You know, that transparency means everything. And um, for those of us who, who are more seasoned, we have to learn to be transparent. This is not, leadership is not about power. Um, it, it's about 
collaboration. And it's really about leveraging everybody and, uh, and taking each and every one of those unique contributions and pulling them all together, you know, to get the absolute best answer. That's everybody winning together. And it matters uh, today so much more than it ever did before. We gave it a whole lot of lip service back in the 90s, you know, and things like that. We're actually doing it today. We're expected to do it today. And to the extent that we are still uh, viewing our leadership uh, like we did back in the 90s, we're, we're just, it's not going to be effective. And we're not going to be effective. And we're going to lose what uh, is a very, I guess, um, our workforce. The workforce pool is really strained right now. We are not going to be able to attract or retain our fair share of all the talent out there if we don't learn how to shift the way we the way we lead. So what are kind of the three takeaways? So assessments you said are about self-discovery. What, what would you say are the three takeaways if they've listened to you talk about assessments today, uh, Berkman, DISC, these Myers-Briggs things, what would you say the three things they should remember about assessments are and how they use them? Right. So the one thing I'd say for sure is know yourself and own yourself. Uh, another thing would be to be intentional and deliberate about the way that you respond to any given uh, situation or circumstance. And the third thing I would say is fill in your own gaps, because once you know who you are, you also know what you need in order to uh, really collaborate and be your best self. So um, I guess the other thing is don't weaponize it against others. No, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. And uh, I think that that probably happens more than we think. <laughs> Uh, so again, if you're interested in finding out more about um, getting assessments done, you can go to onamisha.com. Um, Abby does perform these for teams or individuals. Um, and you know, as the buck stops here, we have our uh, small disc one at discba or discbehaviorassessment.com. You can go there and check that out. Again, uh, Abby, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. That it, it was really great to have you, and I think we all learned a lot in the process. So thank you. Um, so with that, uh, thank you very much for your time. All right. Thank you. This concludes the second part of our interview with Abigail Foster. Um, if you'd like to find out more about what she does in her business, please go visit onamisha.com. That's A-H-N-I-M-I-S-H-A.com. And again, we want to give her heartfelt thanks for coming on the show today and sharing her knowledge with all of us. If you like what you heard and don't want to miss another episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you happen to be listening. Let us know what you think of the podcast or liked about the show and give us a review or comment on YouTube and your review could be featured on next week's episode. Again, thank you for listening. Go out there and have an amazing week.